Hey, expats and travelers, welcome to this week's episode sponsored by WorldPost.io, the virtual mailbox service powered by Anytime Mailbox. We'll get to the features and benefits a little later. If you're interested in becoming an expat, whether you're moving to Portugal or another overseas location, I highly recommend you get your finances in order before you move. Yes, it's actually really important that you do it before you go. I know when we first got started, we did not do it that way. But if we knew John McNertney at Green Ocean Global, we would have gone to him as he's someone that is Lisbon-based and he is experienced with expat financial challenges. So he's a go-to person that we recommend. Right, he can help you with long-term investments, financial systems, and international taxes. And he's actually helped us and producer Dan has used him to explore what it would be like to move abroad and see if it would fit his family's current financial situation. I think what's great about him is that he gives you personalized plans. He will look into your unique situation and he'll help you out. And this is honestly what's super necessary because we get tax questions and finance questions on the YouTube channel and literally no background from the person that's asking us the question. So now we've started to point people to John. Right, because everyone is different and everyone has their own unique situation. So you need an expert to help you out. All right, so visit greenoceanglobal.net for contact information and further assistance. Check out the show notes below. Hello, and welcome, my emerging expat. You're tuned in to Let's Move to Portugal. I'm producer Dan, and I have the distinct honor of bringing you YouTube travelers and our resident Portugal experts, expats everywhere's Kaylee and Josh. Each week they'll inspire, they'll educate, and they'll accompany you on your journey to Portuguese residency. Ever wonder what it's like to live in Portugal's picturesque Algarve region? Well, this week we chat with Veronica, a California native who's made Portugal her home. Dive into her exciting stories, learn about the Algarve lifestyle, and get inspired for your own adventure. Hey, you guys. Hey, Dan. Hi, Dan. I don't know if you two like Goonies, but man, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, I mean, I guess we kind of grew up in the Goonies era and generation, but I'm not... Maybe maybe you did. That's true. I mean, <laughs> baby room. That's about all I know. Actually, I don't... I mean, I think I've seen it a long time ago, but I don't really remember much about it. I think it's a little before my time. Yeah, it's like Goonies and Gremlins. Yeah. yeah a little bit before me. Yeah. Fair enough. So have you all settled back into a routine? Is life back to normal after being gone for so long? Yeah, I think we're actually back into a routine of things. You know, Sia's back in school. We're back to working. We've got a meetup scheduled. So I think it's feeling pretty normal. I guess so normal that we're already talking about where are we going next. So I think when we get back into a routine in Porto, we're like, okay, time to travel again. What's next? That is a good observation. I think that's 100% how it is. Uh, yeah, I feel quite back into the routine of things. I think the new normal for me is having to deal with real estate stuff. Like I find that with the Vertical Community Venture Project, I'm spending quite a few hours every week. Uh, and those are kind of unbudgeted hours towards work. So they're taking me away from working on Expats Everywhere content to just deal with the building acquisition and other things that kind of are involved in that. So that's tough. But what about you, Dan? You just went on a little vacation. Well, I've been back home for a few days now. 
My sea legs have finally worn off. It was real weird feeling motion for several days after getting off the ship. But the kid's back at school. I'm back at work, so life's getting a little back to normal now. What are you all up to this week? I know you've got a meetup on May 25th, right? Yep, that's right. We have a venue confirmed, so we're really excited about that. We are going to be at Duarte's Comido da Hua, and that's uh, just next to Trinidad Station in Porto. We're going to start off around 5.30, and it's uh, kind of an indoor-outdoor venue. Um, there's plenty of, of places to stand outside or sit outside, uh, and it should be an awesome time. Last year, the turnout was huge. Fortunately, at this place, they're able to keep up with the volume. Sometimes we kind of overwhelm certain establishments with the the number of people that come to these meetups and uh, the line to get a drink or get food can be long. You guys are popular, man. But last year, Duarte's was amazing. They they really kept up the volume. Yep, so it's just come and go as you please, completely open, and hopefully everyone can meet new people and have a good time. And then for those of you who want to go to these meetups, whether you live here or in the future, we put those on our socials, and then I also always put it in our monthly newsletter. So you can contact me at info at com if you want to get on that newsletter list. Yep, and because this is a meetup that's going to be at the end of May, we're not actually going to have one in June because we are co-hosting a july 4th event with uh with afpop and that event is going to be uh down by the riverside uh not in the Hibeda district it's like in between Hibeda and fosh it is at a place called monchic resto bar so that's monchic resto bar and uh the street address on that one is caix des pedras five and then also we're looking to do some meetups or at least a meetup in Lisbon, probably in August. So everyone can be on the lookout for that. Absolutely. Awesome. This week, Josh met with the world-renowned American in Portugal herself, Veronica. Oh, I absolutely love talking to Veronica. Yeah, man, she was fun. It's pretty wild because anytime we start chatting, it could be like an hour or two long conversation uh <laughs> this one for the the sake of the listener we, we kept it a little short i think we'll have her back on to delve into some other topics that we missed but we did talk about a wide range of topics kaylee where'd you guys meet veronica we connected through youtube she actually moved down to algarve before we got to porto so we just connected chatted have kept in touch just great relationship love chatting with her so it's quite easy so we thought she would be a great resource for our listener to have in the Algarve area. Yeah, she is a great resource. Uh, she puts out a lot of uh, genuine content between her and also Nick with Algarve Addicts. They're kind of the two content creators that are down in Algarve that are helping people, you know, make their move. So you know, we always recommend those two for people that are looking to move down to Algarve. And we always try to bring them on or integrate them into our content so that we can show our YouTube viewers about uh, the Algarve, at least through their eyes, and give them information in that way. And we're so excited to now have her on the podcast to be able to talk about Algarve, because it is a very popular destination, oftentimes for Americans that want kind of a, a beachier vibe, less people, like less population. Yeah, depending on where you are. I love how you use my word vibe. I have to now. <laughs> and also there's a lot of, you know, a lot of Brits and Germans. It's quite European there as well, like to move there. So it's becoming more popular with Americans, but it's been popular with Europeans for quite a while. 
After all the positive response we got from the last couple of episodes, let's not wait another 15 to answer questions. That's right. There's lots of questions out there that we would love to answer. So if you want your question answered, then you can email us at podcast at expatseverywhere.com. Yeah. And I actually just responded to someone yesterday that asked me, how do I ask a question for your, your podcast episode? So we got that information to them as well. Just send your questions to podcast at expatseverywhere.com. All right. We've got a question from Laura. Hi, Josh and Kaylee. I absolutely love the podcast. I also enjoy the YouTube channel, great editing, but especially love the long conversations with interesting people. My question is, is it true that it's getting more difficult to find a furnished apartment in Portugal? I thought that was the norm, but recently heard it's becoming way more common to find unfurnished, but that will add a huge bump to our expensive if we have to fully furnish a rental. Thanks, Laura. I think maybe what is happening is that the furnished places are getting snapped up. Um, so the unfurnished is more often on the market for people who are already living in Portugal. So they, they need room to move their furniture from the place that they already have into this new place. So that's kind of, oh, it's a bit paradoxical, isn't it? For, for people that are trying to move into the city, but yes, you're right. Like if you have to furnish a place that will, that will add a large expense. And I think what's happening too, is a lot of those new builds are being finished. And so people who have bought those uh, to be a landlord and to rent them out, instead of furnishing them, they're completely new and they're just go ahead, going ahead and putting them on the rental market unfurnished because they can still get renters for that. So maybe that's why you're also seeing a little more unfurnished, but it is definitely still possible to find both. It is. Worldpost.io is powered by Anytime Mailbox, which means you can get your mail anytime, anywhere, even on your smartphone. And they really have competitive pricing with their lowest package starting at $5 per month. Here's a cool feature they have. World Post can relay things from the U.S. to Europe. So that includes documents. <laughs> Amazon purchases. Amazon the purchases. US. <laughs> and you can get it to Portugal. And they have a variety of packages. Some include secure shredding, free junk mail filters, and things like that. I bet you love that junk mail filter. Oh, lots of junk mail. I sign up for a lot of newsletters. <laughs> She's not joking. So if you're interested in worldpost.io, you can visit the website or check the link in the show notes below. Okay, let's talk about Lusitana Dreams because what they're offering is really great. Yeah, it definitely is. And Dallas actually has grown Lusitano Dreams since we first met him. So he's really getting his process dialed in. The thing that I like about it is it removes the barrier and, and choke point of the proof of accommodation because that's been one of the biggest things that the D7 and the D8 for the, like the long-term people have had problems with, right? Yeah, it's definitely something that is really hard to lock yourself into sight unseen. But here you can have a legitimate contract. You can rest assured that it's going to be a soft landing because you're coming into a furnished place in a good location and a livable location until you can kind of get your bearings and figure out where you really want to live. And the cool thing about it is that they can start your lease when you arrive. So you're not like burning a few months of, of cash, essentially paying for an apartment or paying for a lease that you're not using. Yeah, that's one that's really hard to negotiate, trying to get a lease that starts when you want to arrive and not when you are actually applying. So the fact that they offer that as a service to where you're not, like you said, burning those months saves you a lot of money. Yep. Lusitano Dreams offers 
visa-friendly proof of accommodation. So that could be for the D7 visa or the D8 visa. And their properties include detached houses, apartments, room rentals as well in different locations like Lisbon, Cascais, Lule, and they're expanding too. So uh, soon to be Porto and quite possibly Silver Coast. Yeah, which is really exciting. So check out Lusitano Dreams for more information. We have a link in the show notes below. Veronica, I am so excited to have this conversation with you because I feel like we haven't really been able to chat in a while. And I'm really excited because we're going to be able to dig into what's happening in Algarve. And for the listener, prepare because Veronica is just an unbelievable source of information for everything happening in Algarve and really has a good uh, finger on the pulse of what's happening in Portugal. So if you are thinking about moving to Algarve or Portugal, I know that's why you're here. But she's going to be able to give you some amazing information, insight, and resources into making your move possible. Veronica, what's up? Hi, it's so good just to see you again. I've missed you, my friend. <laughs> and did we ever decide Algarve or the Algarve? <laughs> I'm sticking with Algarve because I feel like the article's there. But if you want to say the Algarve, I don't think that you're going to upset but 50% of the audience. Algarve, yeah, because Algarve is the uh, West. The so West. The, the West. West. Algarve is the West. And so you are saying yeah. the West. We're saying the, the, the West. Exactly. <laughs> the, the, the West. But, 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 but English is fun. So we just make, make rules up as we go. <laughs> okay. So you've been based in Algarve for how long? So I moved here six years ago. So it was 2017 that I moved here and um, went to Monte Gordo at first, which was a little bit of one of those towns that you need to watch out for because they're great fun in the summer, but they're completely shut down in the winter. And then I looked around everywhere and right next door to me, literally, you know, a couple kilometers away was Villarreal de Santo Antonio. And so I uh, ended up after doing all my research around the South because California girl, I need my beaches, I need my sun, you know, very similar uh, latitude as San Luis Obispo County in California. So um, ended up here. And at the end, after I looked all over the West, ended up right next door to where I'd started in Villarreal de Santo Antonio. And really, that's a place, honestly, I think that you've made famous on YouTube with your YouTube channel, American in Portugal. You laugh <laughs> with, with like a humble laugh. But I honestly think that you're a huge reason why why it's on people's radar because on your channel you talk about it you talk about it in a very authentic way what has people moving to Villarreal de Santo Antonio apart from from your channel well i think you know it really is what you just said the word the key word that you used is authentic mm. it's authentic here we only have three hotels and it's so special in that You've got a river. I'm looking out at the river right now and looking at Spain out my window, right? You so lucky dog. To have something affordable to where I could have these beautiful views, you know, my rooftop terrace. You've got to come out, okay? One of these days, we've got to get you guys out It's here. happening soon. Good. Okay. It will. It will. It will. Get it on my calendar so I don't escape like I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> Deal. But so, you know, when I'm on the rooftop terrace and in my kitchen windows, you have a whole wall of windows this way wall windows that way. I can see the ocean. I can see the river. I can see Spain. The ferry is only like nine minutes and a few euros to get from here to Spain and you're in another country. So yeah. it's a twofer. I joke it's a yeah. twofer. 
And if yeah. you go up north, it's so fun. Um, the two cities that are kind of the sister cities up there, um, Alcotim and um, San Lucar, and they've actually put a zip line. You can zip line from, you know, one place to the other. So you get on the little boat, you, no you way. go for go to the top of the hill. So you zip line again across two countries, two time zones. I mean, that's pretty cool. So <laughs> it's just, there's so much here. It's authentic. The square, um, one of the things that drew me to it after looking at all the other towns, the square is completely pedestrian. So mm. traffic is not allowed. I mean, first thing of the morning, of course, they can pull the poles out that block the cars and you can drive for the deliveries for the shops. Just have that common space where you see grandma and the kids and, you know, grandkids and neighbors' kids all playing together and kind of policing each other while the grandparents can either sit on the benches that line the square or in a cafe and you're just in this authentic. I think that's the word. You nailed it. Authentic, safe town. Because it was built on a grid, you know, and after the um, the tsunami, there was nothing here prior to that. A lot of the articles say, oh, Villarreal was destroyed in 1755. No, it wasn't. It didn't exist. They had just started planning for it at that point. So when they started planning for it, it was the Marquis de Pombal, great grid structure, which is great because yeah. we don't have the cars driving around. I love to veer it to death, but when I'm sitting in their kind of square triangle, the car's going by and the diesel, it's You're not right. as great. And if you have kids, you have to consider that, that safety. Um, we had a friend's birthday party where we all stayed overnight there because we love to veer. We go there all the time. It's a easy train train ride, straight shot down there. And mm. um, our friend stayed in another hotel and we said, come by for breakfast. And they ended up saying, oh, we can't come. We just watched a pedestrian get hit you know, because there's so much traffic in such a small area. So they had to do the police reports and everything. And we just thought, you know, and then it's so beautiful and hilly in Tavira, but for us older retired people, the flat, because this is built on a grid yeah. and it's flat. It's very walkable. Um, so authenticity, the heart of the town being that square, the ocean, the river, the twofer to Spain. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it kind of like, where can you get all of this? And the prices haven't gone crazy. Yes, they've gone up, but it's a still a lot lower price than Tavira and even significantly lower than the West because yeah. the West is where kind of the package, um, a lot of the British package flyers come in. They come in with their package to the big hotels, right? So they fly and get on a bus, go to those hotels, so they tend to know the West better and buy there. Yeah. Okay. So to explain a little bit of geography <laughs> for the listener, most people, as 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 Veronica is saying, most people will fly into Faru. So that's kind of the the south central point, mm -hmm. and then they'll go west from there. So they'll go to some of the other cities from there, as opposed to going uh, east, which you'll hit Tavira, and then and then further east you'll hit Vilhal de Santo Antonio, which. Uh, Villajal de Santo Antonio has around 20,000 people. Is that right? Well, it depends if you look at the city or the county. So we have okay. to remember it's a county and the city. It's like saying LA, LA, right? You have LA County, you have LA City. So it's about mm -hmm. 10,000 in the city and the county is about 20,000. And then dropping from and about 5,000 in the square. <laughs> no, <laughs> actually the square can't go more than like a few, a few stories high. Okay. So you really, you know, it kind of sprawls out and then the nice thing is, is we cannot grow. Um, they can take any empty, you know, lots in the town and build on those. 
or, you know, maybe take something that's an older building and build up a few, you know, a few levels higher. Yes. But because we have the natural borders of the ocean, the river and the preserves, it can't sprawl or I've, I'm seeing Tavira just really grow, Right. which was the big issue in Orange County, growing up in Orange County, seeing how it just sprawled into LA. And then eventually mm-hmm. it's just this huge mass of concrete jungle. And then it would, it was spreading down into San Diego and up into the Valley, which every time I go home, it's the, ah, don't make me go on this freeway. It's 10 lanes wide now and we're still stuck in traffic. <laughs> right? um, Crazy. And you just, there's no good time, you know, when we were younger and it was like three in the morning, you still could like fly through town, 6am, 5am, you know, one or two in the afternoon. Now there's no so I'm I'm There's very no break. I, I'm very sensitive to mm. um, the border here, knowing that it can't get overdone, oversold. Got it. Okay, so let's chat a little about prices since you brought up how yeah, yeah. in in your town it's not really risen very much. Mm-hmm. It has risen a bit, but not as much as Tavira. Can mm-hmm. you give us some indication of of what has happened with with Vilja de Santo Antonio, with Tavira, and and maybe Faru? We'll, we'll yeah. kind of go that far west. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're talking three completely different communities, right? So Villarreal, yes. de Santo Antonio, smaller, authentic, Tavira, authentic, but still more modern homes going around the outskirts, which are beautiful. You know, it's just, you're going to be a little bit further out from town, but it's still for the people that enjoy that. That's fabulous. And then going into um, Faro, which is kind of the big city down here, right? It's yep. it's big and it's definitely industrial but mm-hmm. you still have some of the cute historic areas. So you can go to the area which, you know, is on the Rio Formosa, one of the largest preserves in the world, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, from that, you've got the historical town that you can walk around, but not that many people can live in it. And next to that, a very cute shopping street. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's yep. your kind of your basic differences. So pricing, Tavira and Faro are similar in pricing in that, you can get a house, 500000 600000 for apartments in the downtown. The further you get away, it's going to get a little bit more discounted. But in Villarreal, you can still get a really nice place for a budget around three hundred, three fifty thousand. Um, wow. So, yeah. That feels that feels expensive. How big are, how big are we talking? Like a, a hundred uh, square meters? Yeah. yeah like about roughly that. Yeah, because, a thousand square feet? Yeah. Because mine was 150 when I bought it and I could use, I could sell it in a day for 300,000. I could make it even higher than that. Wow. So yeah, they've gone. I, so when you say doubled in price, they were already starting lower than anywhere else because there's not like tourist attractions. We don't have the big buses that come in here and you have to think, Tavira still has some larger hotels, so you still will get some of those um, hotels that can contract out to, you know, EasyJet, Ryanair, Jet2, all those, you know, TUI big companies where they can bring in, you know, a chartered aircraft full of people from Great Britain, um, fly and get them on a bus and take them straight to the hotel. Mm. And then they kind of stay there. Um, so they'll see the area and tend to buy there. Okay. Um, and then definitely the same for the West. A lot of hotels in the West. Um, yeah. You know, Albufera and... Mm-hmm. Do you see any like really high value towns that are popping up that that foreigners are kind of moving to or even that Portuguese are like, oh, this place is undervalued in Algarve right now. And I want to invest in this place because it's coming up and prices are going to be really expensive in five, 10 years time. You know, I think I've seen some of the investment in Castro Marim. 
Okay. So that's the county just north of us. So if you're on A22, A22 divides the Algarve pretty much from South Algarve to the North Algarve. And you'll see that anything south is pretty much your hills and then the beach, right? So coming south, we're the last exit before Spain and you pop into Castrum Rim, which is a town and a county again that has a castle. And I've done a video on some developments there because one of the videos I saw was very negative and they're like, oh, everything is wet and damp. And I'm like, well, that's not necessarily true because there are houses that have been built to a different standard. Um, you know, so it's just speaking to what type of home you want and, you know, you can insulate, you can add, you know, different painting coats and different, you know, textures to make it not damp if you have an older home. So I thought, well, I'm going to go along with this guy who had four houses that he completely refinished from a historic um, state. And it was really fun to watch those. And those have gone up quite a bit in price. So watching them as he built them. So I have a video on just Castro Marim. And I think in my own personal opinion, right, that when you have a castle town and it's so quaint and so amazing, and it also is easy access to the river, it's, you know, Spain, Spain. Yeah. And it's mm -hmm. only for me, I'm always on my bike. I get there on my bike in 10 minutes, a beautiful okay. green pathway that they've built that is just mm -hmm. oh, so beautiful. And then I go take my bike to the top of the fort and I'll like have snacks on the top of the fort. And I'm like, I'm in a fort. I'm in a castle. I think there's still that excitement for us as Americans that you yes. literally live around the castle, like under the castle yes. wall. It's so cool. Uh, okay. So, so I, I, have think, I think that's one that I'm seeing go up. I can't say it's for sure, but when you're talking supply and demand, and yeah. they're really picky about building a custom room. Yeah. You okay. do not want to build there. You do not want to do a rehab unless you're a professional. It's oh. you better know the town. They're super picky. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you'd rather buy something finished. Yeah. Like either if, that, that or that's work the recommendation. With, yeah. Work with that local developer um, or, you know, doing internal changes generally won't flag a permit, but check, you know, yeah. check with the local architects. Historical is a tough you know, we've, we've had Americans that came here to town there in the historical zone and, oh, they have gone Headache. through it and back and a German guy in Castrum Rim, he's, it's been five years and he still can't get his approved. So. Oh no. Five years is a long time to <laughs> yeah. wait for approvals. It's not going to yeah. happen at that point. Yeah. So Castrum Rim is like on an, a nature reserve. Is that right? Yeah. That's also part of the natural reserve. And what's funny about it is it comes in, I guess I'll have to do this backwards, but so here's the river and here's Villarreal mm. de Santo Antonio. Castro Rim's to the north of us and it drops down through our county and cuts our county in two. So it actually goes to the beach and okay. then we're on the other side again. So it does this weird little loop down. Like arcs over it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so to get to the school that a lot of the, the children here will go to school because you basically get a free international school at Casella Vela. You drive through the other county to get to yours. Like, cause it just, I don't know if they wanted to have beachfront or what, but. Mm. And I think some of the other little towns between here and Tavira are, are really special places because they're on the ocean ocean. Like you can get some mm -hmm. pretty much ocean front and those are still way undervalued, especially coming from California where we know, we know what's happened from the time we're kids till now. I mean, you sure. only have so much ocean front or river view places in the world in great places, you know, right on. safe places like this. Right. Yep. And there's less of a threat, I think of, uh, of falling into the sea the way that, that California might in terms of, <laughs> 
people predicting it might fall into the sea. So I, I don't know if that's going to happen in, uh, in Algarve. Okay. You know, it's, it's really funny that you mentioned just talking about like American culture and whatnot. We had an instance where we were traveling in Spain. We, when we lived in Madrid, we were traveling in Spain and we were in, we were in a town just outside of, of Madrid called Toledo. I and love Toledo. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. one of my favorites. That's the old capital. Yeah. I don't even know that's the old capital before Madrid was the capital. It's my favorite town. And then Cordoba second. Yes. So we're walking around <laughs> and we're, we're, Kaylee and I are just in awe of the, 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 the castle vibe going on. And our, our Scottish friend was traveling with us and, and he's, well, he's Scottish. <laughs> he's, he had grown up in England as well. Like lived there, lived in Spain for a bit. And he's like, I don't know why you guys are so excited. This will get old. It and we're like, we're it like, bro, doesn't. it can't get old. <laughs> Our country is like 200 years old. This stuff is like a thousand years old. Oh, more it's, than that. Yeah. It, thousands. It, it, it's, yeah. It's crazy. blows our mind. <laughs> it's and, <a> and it, <laughs> you know, it hasn't gotten old for us. And I don't think no. that it really does for Americans. And if it does, no. don't like, don't be jaded, you know, don't be jaded. Enjoy it. Enjoy history, yeah. like walking in history on a, a daily basis, oh. especially if you live in a town like yours or uh, a town like Castro Moren. It's so, that's so cool. special. It's a, and again, I guess that's another point of Villarreal de Santo Antonio is jumping on my bike and being in a castle town, like 10 minutes, dude, and a beautiful, huge green biking path. And they've put the poles in so that the, you know, drivers don't come over, yes. which is important to me because I lost to uh, my old, um, my old brother-in-laws, they passed away by getting hit by a bike in a, in a bike race in Utah. So, um, yeah, yeah. Um, so to see those, you know, that it's completely divided. Nobody can just swerve in or mm. it's just such a safe path. And they're making it to go all the way around to the other side of the castle. And it's going to come down, I think, all the way to the beach from the backside. Nice. So it's going to be pretty special because I love riding my bikes and I go on the hills and the trails. I'll take the ferry, go up to the trails in Spain, mm. but I stay off the main roads whenever I can. I just, I'm, I'm a mountain bike girl and that creeps me out on the roads. So that's okay. a bonus, you know, even here between uh, Villarreal de Santo Antonio and Monte Cordo, we've just got miles and miles of preserves. I was just mm. biking yesterday and you bike by this beautiful little pond. You go, you know, hopping from cafe to cafe. So yeah. we biked to, yeah, we biked to Villarreal de Santo Antonio on one set of trails with some really fun hills going up and down, get to cash or get to Monte Gordo, which is all the beachfront cafes on this raised boardwalk. Then you go from there, you have your cafe and it's a Torada, you hop back off the boardwalk and then you go through to the next set of preserves. And then we're at uh, uh, Cabela, Cabela Beach and there's two great little cafes there. And then you go back and I was just breathing in the air. And I was like, man, all these pine trees and the brown dirt and the pine tree needles have like fallen down and you're riding through the smell of just sage mm. and fresh pine needles and pine needles that are, you know, they get even stronger little, I think, when they yep, fall. Yep. Oh, and I'm like, I, oh, if I were back at home, I would have to like put my mountain bike in the car and drive up to the mountains. And here I am, I feel like I'm in the mountains but you're not, you're like where the beach is right there. It's wow. just, it's magic here today. I, I, just can, drove... I can smell it now. Honestly, <laughs> you, smell... you've described it so vividly. I can smell it now. I love it. I love it. 
I, I really do love it. And then just this morning, some friends that moved here because of my channel, um, they hadn't seen uh, the megaliths and dolmens. There's a ton of megaliths through Portugal. I think a lot of that we need to do a video on that, all the megaliths in Portugal. Mm -hmm. But there's one that's only 20 minutes away. And I was telling her, it's two standing stones. You stand in the middle, the energy goes like this. And it's really like an old fashioned jolt of coffee. And they both did it. They're like, oh my gosh, this is real. There's like energy coming through here between these stones. And that was just, you know, 20 minute drive up there. And then we popped by a little cafe that was closed. And then Monday, <laughs> <laughs> Mondays in Portugal, a lot of things are closed. Oh, I know. Mondays, Sundays, sometimes. Okay. So so let, let's chat a little bit about the 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 people that are living where you're at. Are they are they into the same lifestyle? This kind of outdoor biking lifestyle, cafe hopping, retirees as well. Is that kind of the is that kind of the tilt of your tribe? I think it's different strokes for different folks because okay. we have a lot that have had injuries and so they're kind of stuck to walking around town. And they will do. We also have a beautiful river walk. So they'll mm -hmm. do a river walk and we've got two cafes on the river. So sometimes you walk from one cafe to the other, <laughs> from beer to beer. <laughs> and, or coffee Burn the to calories coffee. <laughs> that you've consumed in the, in the Maya de Late or the Pistel de Nata and then, and then get another one for the energy back home. Oh man, I learned like it takes, <laughs> it takes a lot more than a quick walk to burn those off. <laughs> 100% it does. One of the joys of being here is eating and drinking here and, you know, yes. saying, oh, well, I gained some pounds, you yeah. know? Uncle biking. Yeah, I I think that everybody that we've met the first year or two is about consuming as many pastries and and cheap wine and beer as possible, and then and then you get to a point where you look back at photos of when you first arrived and you're like not unrecognizable, but definitely to the point where you're like I need to do something about this. Yeah, little chipmunk. <laughs> cheeks yeah yeah for sure i think the chief alcohol that you said like in one of the videos the one i did with sandy which nobody watches watch this amazing video because it's just about the algarve and we put so much time into it she's a poet and i'm like promoting her poetry book because we got her to write it i was reading her poetry and i'm like oh my gosh you have to publish this so she published it and she calls the green wine green or vino greeno and it's Vino so Grino. great. We just, we have a That's glass funny. of wine and we talk about her poem and then we, you know, put all the pictures in, but it's probably Verge. one of the most labor intensive videos and no one watches it. I think because I put poem, I'm going, oh, I don't want to watch a poem. Show us some yep. pictures. <laughs> yeah. You got to be careful with the YouTube titles for sure. <laughs> we have, we've had that bite us on multiple occasions. What he didn't tell you worked. Yeah. Well, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, okay. So we've, we've talked a bit about where you are, Tavira, a little bit about Faru, but about a year and a half, maybe two years ago now, we were chatting with you and also chatting with Nick about Ulyao, if I'm saying that right, Ulyao. Yeah. What's happening there? Like, has, has it progressed? Has it regressed? Where, what's going on with that city? And that city to the listener is just east of Faru. It's like really the next kind of city over. It had some interesting development going on, but where is it at now in, in 2023? For me personally, I don't like to say negative things and the town is just not for me. I mean, okay. you can go on the riverfront yep. and, you know, we've eaten at the new bamboo. They have bamboo in the golden triangle, which is a fancy restaurant, absolutely delicious food. They're redoing the riverfront. I just, I've heard too many um, stories on safety and safety issues 
and it's just not okay. there yet. The, the two places that I would say kind of watch out on your radar would be Quartera and Oleal, that there's still some- Like rough. Yeah, some, yeah, some really rough groups there. Um, and I would just do your research, and it depends yep. if it's for you. If you're the, kind of that edgy person that mm. can like see it and, and have that vibe and yeah. be able to navigate through that, that's great. But for an older couple that looks mm. like, hey, I'm a tourist, that may not be the best thing because our friend Cindy and Ray that you see him in my videos, he does look like that. He just, poor dude, he was in Seville and someone tried to pickpocket him. He tried to get pickpocketed twice at the Oriente station in Lisbon. And it was the same guy. He tried to pickpocket him on the way up the elevator. You know, when you go up to the train station at the top and he had those cargo pockets and the guys like trying to reach in his cargo pocket. He's like, dude, what are you doing? And then on the, then they went up to the top and they're like, oh, there's nothing up here. It's an hour long train. So they went back down where the cafes are at and the same dude to try to do the same thing. So the poor guy, he just says, pick pick me, pick me. And you know, you always want to be alert in any anywhere you go. You know, it's safe in Portugal. I don't want to say it's not safe, but you get those few opportunists. And Absolutely. if you have that look, I would say those would not be towns to move to. But maybe if you're super young and you like that edgy scene, and you know, money wise, it could go up in the future. Um, mm. But I haven't seen the price really reflect the state it's in. I would say if it was yeah. like a third the price of here then that might be a good investment. But the other thing, it's also on the Rio Formosa. So like Tavira, you can't get to the beach. You have to take a boat to the beach, to the island. Yep. And mm. so you, you, when the tide is low, it's kind of that mud flats. You're sitting in front of the mud flats. Uh-huh. Flats, not flats, yes. flats. So I think that's when you really want to go and stay there two or three months and see it. If it's and, for you, right? Yeah, I wouldn't buy it with just like a weekend trip because listen, the I appreciate cute. your honesty because yeah, I, I don't want to be I, negative, I, but I felt I felt the same way when we visited. Now yeah. I felt like we walked in enough directions and areas around that city where it was like it was like a riddle wrapped in an enigma or whatever the yeah. the, the, the saying is for that. It was so odd because there were parts of it that looked like there was a lot of development going on. Mm-hmm. There were parts of it that were cute and quaint near the market and mm-hmm. that there was activity and they were trying. But then you walk down one side street. It's not, it's yeah. not even like yeah. planned social housing. It's no. like unplanned no, it's, yeah. housing. And um, it's just underdeveloped. And when you have kind of these two forces that sit right next to each other, it can create tension or or kind of destabilize things. I don't know how else to put it, but I totally get what you're saying. And I agree. Maybe maybe there's price speculation, which is why prices are the way they are there now. Developers are trying to- I wouldn't do that. Like you want to buy it. If you're going to buy it at I'm ready price, buy it at I'm ready price. If you're going to buy it because you know it's only going to go up in the future, has a potential of going up, then- then you buy it at a discount, but you don't pay today's prices if it's still got a long way to go. Yeah. Because if you needed to sell, which again, I tell anyone who moves here, um, you know, a real estate cycle is a 10 year cycle. Don't yeah. buy if you don't intend to stay for 10 years. Don't speculate. Don't try to flip unless that's your business plan. Same back mm-hmm. in America, you know, when I was working with all the agents and training them in California, I'm like, you have to teach these statistics that. Yep. They need to be in it for 10 years and flipping is a business. You need to have a model for what if the market turns, how much money do I have? Can I get it at what, you know, what's my rock bottom 
sale price I can get out of here. Am I at least going to come out even? And I think sometimes you still get people that are speculating and it's just, it's not worth doing it. Like, is there going to be a boom? Is it going to drop? We don't know. If we knew that, oh my gosh, if we had that crystal ball, we would all be millionaires. We would all be millionaires. Because yeah. I think everybody was like, oh, it's going to crash this year. And I've only seen prices going up this year. That's right. That's exactly we can't, right. We can't, you know, and you can go by old economic standards, but yep. we haven't had a COVID before. We haven't had, like, the world is changing. And yeah, you can kind of plan the future based on the past, but I think you need to know I'm buying this because I love this town. It's right for me. It's right for me today. It's going to be right for me in 10 years or 15 years because it's yep. a home. I so I love this advice, uh, and and maybe I I love it because this is the same advice I give people when they ask me. <laughs> yeah, I, I say this. I say the same thing. And and yeah. another thing that I that I add to it is, you know, make sure that the price is something that you can afford. If you love it and it's worth it to you, it's like buying art as well. Don't think that you're going to turn around and flip it and 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 make a bunch of money. Just think of it as as a ten year plan or, or project and. That that kind of covers your bases in terms of the cycle, the pricing cycle. Mm -hmm. But also, if you love it, it's a place you want to live in. Enjoy it in that regard, and yep. then it's fine. And if you can afford it, but obviously, don't buy something that you can't afford. No, 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 no. And I think a lot of the retirees, or at least from my channel, I tend to. Yes, we have a lot of younger couples and people moving because of the shooting situations in the states. And one lady had told me she says, "Oh, Veronica, you know, we were looking for a retirement, but." You know, there was just um, one of those alerts in Florida. Her daughter was in school and there was an, an Amber alert. alert or no, it was in the school. They have an alert for like a gun alert now okay. um, where gotcha. the, the, the school goes on lockdown mm -hmm. and these kids have been trained kind of like we had earthquake drills when I was a kid, That's right. you know, in California, yep. you know, hide under your desk. Da, da, da. Yep. So now they have a certain code, like, you know, how many buzzes or whatever that the bell mm -hmm. does. And this lady's daughter had was going to the bathroom when that alert hit. So all the teachers bolted their doors and mm -hmm. it was a real alert. You know, there was someone on campus that yep. was scary. And like her daughter, shooter. yeah, so her daughter couldn't get mm -hmm. back into her classroom. She's stuck in the hallway. Mm -hmm. All the doors are locked. So she did what she'd been trained, which is go into the bathroom, try to lock the door, hide in the stall, put mm -hmm. your feet up so they can't That's get right. you. And you just thought, oh my God kids like she was so traumatized yeah. so she says that's it we're thinking of moving now and i guess it was close to like a valentine shooting that was in florida which i don't remember but she says it's just it's too much trauma she says so we're gonna sell and move now um because yeah. the the safety concerns you know? yeah and i mean kaylee kaylee and i as international school teachers we we had to deal with that as well so i mean it's not just in the u.s but yeah we we, we had to, to do like live shooter uh training and stuff like that to to make sure our kids were safe granted wow. it was an Amer it was an american international school mm -hmm. so i guess the kind of the ideology came from what was happening in the states but i think as well even though singapore is super safe i mean it's right up oh, there yeah. with, with portugal in terms with of safety <laughs> they'll come get you man you got, you got to watch your p's and q's you, there yeah, for sure if you yeah. do something there you won't make it out of the country <laughs> no, like there's no. too many cameras and no no it's, no, uh, no they yeah. don't play, they don't play that way no, let's move back into the real estate okay, real of estate, yeah. Portugal, especially where you are. What are rents like? We've talked a little bit about cost to buy, right? But, but we see a lot of people want to want to test out 
mm-hmm. what these different cities are like. So how much are rents? You know, I well, guess drive drive it, test drive it before you buy it. How much? Yeah, are rents? but first of all, I mean the the point is you really it's almost near impossible to rent here. You know, Got this it. is this is not a big city. They're here, and a lot of them are under the market. Like if you see one on Ideal Idealish or one of those channels, it's usually gone the next day, or sometimes it's mm-hmm. fake. And that's the other thing I always mm-hmm. have to say: be careful. You know, Thank just because it's on up. the internet doesn't mean it's real. Anybody can do a listing. You can go put a listing up right now. Go try it on Idealista. It's 50 bucks and you could just do a private listing. Mm-hmm. So don't send money, you know, all of our stuff. Use an attorney. Use an outside attorney that can hold the funds, check it before he sends anything, you know, use the survey or all that kind of stuff to make sure the person owns the property and make sure that the permits are correct and they've been filed correctly we had a guy who wanted to buy into Vera and everything was going well and the transaction was going well because I have my agent that works there. It's amazing. I love her. But everything was going well. And then we sent out the surveyor who goes to the city first. So he goes to city hall and he pulls the permits and takes them with them when he does the survey of the house, which is mm-hmm. like a home inspection. They have a thermography gun. Like they do a thorough inspection and he should, and they'll go to buy finances too to make sure there's no liens against the property. Because remember, we don't have t- title here. We don't yep. have disclosures. We don't have escrow. Like you're on your own. You give money yep. and you don't get it back. There's there's three years in the court system. Good luck, right? Mm-hmm. And those people are probably gone by then. So you do all of your work up front because you don't go oopsie on the back end because suing is not, it, it's an option, but again, good luck. It's mm-hmm. it's a lengthy process. So um, when the surveyor showed up, he's like, these permits aren't the same. Like you've changed stuff. In a historical area, which is a big no-no. They can fine you. They can make you turn it back to the way it was. And it can be a huge expense. So no, in the historical zone. So he said, these permits aren't correct. And she said, oh, yeah, we know that. There's no permits for the changes that have been done. And we, we knew that when we bought it. And so I'm like, Raquel, tell them they failed to disclose. Like, that's a huge... You know, that's a huge violation in California. You lose your license. But again, here we know their license. They don't have any. It doesn't mean anything. Just just like, oh, you're you're a you know, you're a gardener today. Tomorrow you can sell homes like there's nothing. That's why you have to have an attorney because he's really the one. But anyway, so so we ended up getting the permits and it closed. Let me pause there and explain that. Yeah. yeah. So what, what Veronica's saying here, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, it's always the agency that holds the license and then they hire the yes. agents that come in. So the agents don't have to pass an exam, be certified or whatever, yeah. be licensed to, to do that job. So literally a gardener could switch and next day become a real estate agent and start selling homes. Correct. Absolutely. They call them a consultant. Uh, yep. real estate consultant for the ones that haven't gone through training. So if you see consultant on a card, you know that they haven't gone through a formal training. Doesn't mean that their broker might may or may not have trained them. But when I was hired by Caldwell Banker here, the training was really about Caldwell Banker and not so much about law and practices. I just did my I'm keeping mm. my California license because that thing is a pain to get. The test was mm. actually, state test was wrong. So I just did 40 hours of CEs and 40 hours of CEs is not 40 hours. It's like 200 hours and we're okay. redoing law and, you know, all the things that you need to know. And I'm like, man, the people that I, you know, that we're talking to here don't even need to do any of this, you know? Yeah. And it's just that refresher that and a reminder that, you know, there's, there's a lot to being an agent, you know, it's not a property finder. People say, Oh, they're property finders. I can find my own on idealistra. No, it's not. It's disclosure, but we have 
in the States called an AVID, which is the responsibility of the agent before they list it to go through and do a full walkthrough on the house and list anything and to pull disclosures from the owner. You know, Mm. has anyone died here? Has there been a fire? Have you changed anything to get them thinking because they forget, you know, people, it's not people always dishonest. They just forget. Yeah. That, oh yeah, we did. You know, we had, we had a mold issue. We had a leak. And so you go down every question to remind them. And then you pull disclosures from an outside source that talks, are you in hazard zone? Are you in a flood zone, a fire zone? All those types of things. Cause all you want to do is buy a house and get insurance and find out you can't have insurance because it's in a flood zone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot more to being an agent than just saying, I found you a house. It's, yeah. it's, Anyone can find a house, right? But also knowing the history. So there's projects right now that are housing projects that are for low-income people and they're allowing them to sell them. So if you've lived in them a certain period of time, you can buy them and you can sell them. So if you uh-huh. have an agent, especially a sneaky one or one for, that doesn't know or one from out of the area, we have problems with agents coming in who don't live in these areas. They don't know the neighborhoods inside and out. And yep. they come in and they could sell somebody one of those. And they may think it's a great price, but it's still double or triple what it should be sold for. And you're going to have a hard time selling that in the future if you can sell it and definitely probably not for what you paid. So there's, there's just a lot of things where you, you need that professional, you know, you need. What are some things that either buyers or renters should know? Oh, you asked me about rent. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. There's just not a lot of rentals. And if yeah. you see one, grab it. Don't look for perfect. Just look okay. for it so you can get your D7. Get yourself in. Yeah, mm-hmm. just get yourself in. Get yourself in. Get yourself in. Because, and I've had people say, oh, I have a 500 euro budget and I want this, you know, I want in the city square with three acres and, right. you know, right. water right. view. And I'm right. like, <laughs> like the city square is historical. There's no, you're going to live next door to your neighbor in a tiny place. And no, there's no water views. Did you see where the square is? Like it's two right. walks in. Like, um, right. And so we always, you know, try to set realistic expectations and 500 is not going to get you anything these days. I mean, you need 800 to 1500 realistically. For a one to two bedroom place. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it just depends on location, right? If it's Riverview, that's going to bump it in location, location, location. So, and, you know, there are actually three now that one guy offered to me to, you know, send out because I'll send out an email. If anyone tells me anything, I'll send out yep. an email. On your newsletter. I don't get paid for it. I just put you together with that owner and just say yep. he's a lawyer, right? Put him yep. to it because there's, there's no money in it for the owner. There's no money in it for the, you know, person renting. So just put them together, let them do their thing. And, you know, it's amazing how quickly those go. But he gave me three and all of them are like so overpriced. One is a one hmm. bedroom for 1300 on the fifth floor with no elevator. Hey, ikes, right? Ikes, Bring ikes, your groceries up yeah. that staircase, buddy. <laughs> yep. You, you, you're sending that to like your under 40s email list, right? <laughs> I send it to everybody. And then people are like, oh, you know, maybe we could do it without stairs. I'm like, you know, I send yeah. it out to everybody. But really, the minute you stub your toe or you hurt your ankle, how are you getting right. home? Like yeah. you, you do need an elevator. You know, you can maybe hobble up one set of stairs, but five? Or have your groceries delivered and just let the, let the, let the grocery person suffer. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Let let the grocery person suffer. Kaylee does that to drivers all the time. Oh, so I I, want to ask you because there are, yeah, exactly. Tip them. So there are some issues that we run into in the North of Portugal, like humidity issues, mold issues with apartments. Are there any things like that, that people should look out for either when they're buying or renting? 
you have to do a full visual yourself and you have to have the surveyor do it as well. Because as Mm -hmm. he's going around with the thermography gun, you can see the hot spots and the cool spots. It actually shows you on your wall. Like, so you can see, is the energy efficiency in A? Is it an F? If it's an F, Mm -hmm. it's probably an F, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and then, and then people complain later and go, oh, you know, it said it was bad energy efficiency. Why is it damp? Well, it's raining outside and clearly there's no insulation. So the water is going to find any way in. And we just had those nasty storms, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Which we love because we need water in the Algarve. But crazy storms last November, December. And if there were any cracks in any of these places, the water came through. So we were going around to our friends. And so you really need to have a surveyor come in. You know, if it's an apartment, do a really good check. Look, you know, under windows, windowsills, anywhere where you think water might come in look for, you know, any cracks or any places that look like they've been painted over or sealed over and ask why. And then just have your attorney put in a clause. If we see mold or da 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 we can get out. And it doesn't have okay. to be within that third one third time. Right. Cause you can get out of a contract third of the time generally. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, so Veronica, I- I've got to ask you a question because we asked this to all of our guests. And I'm I'm switching gears pretty big here, but because we've been talking a lot about real estate, so but fun. You have it is fun. I love it. I love real estate. You, you have a ton of experience uh, in Portugal and and living abroad here and traveling and just living to your fullest. At Expats Everywhere, we believe that living abroad transforms lives. How has living abroad transformed your life? I think for me, it's given me the home in Europe that just is magic to me. It's brought magic into my life because we all want to travel to Europe. We all want to have extended vacations in Europe. So to live here in my beautiful, authentic, quaint town where you say hello to everybody and they say hello back because we all know who we are. And then other people say hello to us, right? Because they see us on <laughs> on YouTube. On YouTube. Like, yeah. like, shoot, do I know them? But so to have that friendly, sweet town and to have my river and have my ocean and I'm retired, but I do, you know, the YouTube and then I help with the real estate stuff. But, you know, tomorrow I'm off to Granada. It's just a road trip. You know, we're just jumping in a girlfriend and we're jumping in our car. It's, you know, four and a half hours to Granada and then Nurja and then Cordoba and, and, you know, back through the Pueblos Blancos and if we want to from Cordoba, go up to Toledo, my favorite medieval town. I mean, <laughs> it's magic, the history, the vibe, and the ability to retire. Because I think you know, a lot of my audience, I know you have a wider audience, a lot of my audience is kind of West Coast yep. um, because they're kind of looking for that, you know, beach surfer kind of vibe. Um, they can sell their homes and buy something here and have everything handled so they can retire at 35, 40 because the health insurance component, right? That disappears because you can get a good plan for 50 bucks a month. That's, I think the kind of the anchor that keeps Mm. people working is they're afraid they won't have health insurance. So if you take that out of the, the equation and it's a $50 fee and you've got your money and it's earning money and you can live and you buy your place cash, like your expenses aren't that much. It's for me, it's travel expenses and food, right? Yep. Um, so it's that freedom of knowing I don't have to work. I got to retire early and I get yeah, to yeah. see Europe and you know, it's 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 freedom, it's magic, it's Europe magic, it's Portuguese people magic. It's agreed. It's everything here is it's it's so special. And I'm not I mean, I really I'm not kidding. Every time I get off the highway and straight in front of me is 
cash drum room castle. I'm like the little kid. <laughs> Cindy always yeah, does that. It doesn't get old. It doesn't get old. It it's doesn't been, get old, John. It doesn't get old, John. It's been going on six years. Yeah, nice. It's been going on for six years that I get off that freeway and I'm just like, you know, the, the yeah. history, the culture. Oh, it's amazing. So I know that we have left some topics on the table, but we'll table them later because <laughs> we, will, we will absolutely have you back. I always love talking to you. If you want to check out Veronica, she has a YouTube channel, American in Portugal. So you can go over to her channel and check out the resources that she has, because I'm sure there's some stuff that we want to talk about that you, you've discussed on your channel. So go check that out and leave us a review. If, if you like this one, give us a comment on other things that you would like us to discuss with Veronica, because we don't have a ton of people that we chat with down in Algarve. So she's, she's our, our, one of our two main sources for all Garth, and we can't wait to have you back, Veronica. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Bye. Thank you for having me on. Hugs to you and Kaylee. And of course, little Sia. Oh, thank you very much. Hugs back and uh, have a great time in Granada. Yay. Ciao. Ciao. So listener, we know that you are preparing to move to Portugal. We did everything ourselves for the D7 visa. So we have a DIY D7 course. We also have a DIY remote worker course now since they've split those up. And if you're already here, we have a living in Portugal course for you. Now, the difference between the D7 and the D8 or the digital nomad visa course that you could get is if you have active income, you should be getting the digital nomad or D8 course. If you have passive income, you should be getting the D7 course. And we have a special promotion for anybody that is a listener of this podcast. If you type in podcast at checkout, you will get $15 off. So these will just guide you through exactly what you need. They stay up to date as things change. And once you purchase it, it's yours for life. So if you're not ready to go now, you can still get it and take a look and you can use it later on. And Kaylee is a mad lady and she is always updating the course so that it doesn't fall out of date. Well, I have to because they're always changing things and so it has to stay up to date. That's facts. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Let's Move to Portugal. Contact info for all the services mentioned are in the show notes. If you like the show, please subscribe. If you love the show, please tell a friend, connect with us on our socials, and if you want to help us out, give us a review on your podcast player. Expats Everywhere Presents Let's Move to Portugal is produced by Time or Money Productions. Expats Everywhere researches our guests, and we do our best to provide factual and relevant information at the time of the recording. Despite our best efforts, we can make no guarantees as to the accuracy of what you've heard in this episode. We highly recommend that you do your own research and check your own facts.